0: Welcome to Date Night Podcast,
1: a tabletop role playing game podcast set in the homebrew world of Bullionaya.
0: Let's explore a whole new world together.
1: Dern, you're back in Raven Tree after having had a look around the village and uh, seeing the rather meager defenses that it has to offer, coupled with the reports of the moving mass of trees and swarms of insects and other. Seemingly not quite alive and not still not quite undead, blighted creatures uh, that have been shambling north, uh, ever moving throughout day and night, slowly toward Raventree. When one day Trixie returned from uh, scouting in the south and said that there had been a serious change in the way that the approach was moving, and that what looked like might still be a week until first contact with the main force of the group has dwindled to maybe no more than a day. She returned, uh, as she usually did uh, out scouting in the night, she returned close to morning, saying that probably uh, during the next night at some point, the front of this moving mass, if it keeps up its new pace, uh, that seems to be moving with some Anger or wrath or vigor that it didn't have before uh, is going to be here. And that's the news you get probably at four o'clock in the morning or so. Shite.
2: Dern gets up out of bed and just kind of walks restlessly for an hour, two hours or whatever reinspects the battlements as you know, such as they are and just wanders for a while. And finally he He can't take it anymore. It's not it's not fair. It's not fair that even the meager reprieve that they had is it's, it's not gonna be enough. He finds a cold patch of dirt in the middle of the area and just slams his hand, his hammer into the earth, handle first, just like he did before, where it has somewhat of a precarious balance. And he kneels before it, just as he did before, as he was taught to when he was a child, to await judgment. Atalanta, I come before you today because I am desperate for your aid. You say I am no longer on the path you have for me, but you refuse to tell me where, where I went wrong or what path I should be on. I know I have failed. I accept that, but I have tried throughout to stay on the side of justice and balance. What am I wrong? How have I disappointed you? I don't understand what you want from me. I know which side I am on. I fight for life. I fight for the people I have lived alongside. I have tried to bring the law to those that don't know one. And when you showed me the weakness of that law, I tried to at least bring justice that was the true purpose of that law. But now you say that my efforts are still not up to your standards. Atalanta, I will continue. To fight for those that I believe are worthy of my service. I will continue to safeguard the tree to the best of my ability. And I will continue to fight for life. If this is not enough for you, then to the hell's with you. You are no friend to life or to me. I will fight and die alone or with those who have believed in me. Atalanta, answer me now or you will forfeit my service to you. Help me! And he sits there with his head still bowed before the hammer
1: expectantly. Okay. You watch in the area of dirt just two words in Dwarvish be written on two separate hemispheres of this circle that you've created. And one is the Dwarvish, Dwarvish word for justice, And the other is the Dwarvish word for grace. And they appear there. And the hammer seems unmoving at the moment, but slowly you start to hear the voice of A-Atlanta. Dern, you seek judgment again. And if it is judgment you want from me, it is within my purview to provide it. Judgment not for disobeying the laws of man, of shirking my command to you. "'Yet you play, you play at wanting judgment. "'You have no time for the laws "'when they are not weapons in your hand. "'Where was the law when you attacked "'those men outside Cliffshire, "'men protecting their charge? "'A noble of no ill will "'that you left near dead on the roadside. "'Did he survive his journey back to town? "'Alone? "'Did you care to wonder?' Dern, you've taken the wrong lesson about the law. I meant not that it was some means to an end of your own desires. When I asked you to consider which laws were good and which laws stood in the way, this was a question of justice, not one of convenience or self-servingness. Yet, one decision stays my hand from judgment. One decision you made gives me hope that you are capable of something more. I had a simple path for you, Dern, one where you were my weapon against a growing chaos that needed to be put in check, destroyed before it consumed all order of the world, and I asked you to pick up your hammer and fight for me, and you balked, not because you were weak or single-minded, but because you weren't because there was more to you and what you could do for balance and for justice than to be a weapon in my hand. I had called you to be a blind warrior for my will, in balance to a blind force bent on chaos that is moving your way now because your friends have dealt it a terrible blow. I called you to be a simple weight in an equation, but your path has changed to one that I did not foresee for you. Dern, You must understand the law, and to understand it, you must understand its shortcomings alongside of its strengths. The dangers of both the rashness to dole out justice too soon, and the dangers of delaying too long. That law is just as likely to serve evil ends as good ones, that it is no more altruistic than it is self-serving. You fled from conquering in its name because you questioned the means by which you tried to achieve those ends, and for the first time... I saw that you were capable of questioning authority, even mine, when you thought it was the right thing to do. No longer are you a hammer in my hand. You are not a balance of justice against chaos, but something different, something that requires a more difficult path, even harder than the path of the hammer forged in the great fires of a furnace— You have disobeyed, and you did so because you were unsure if you could pursue the path that I put in front of you with the friends that you had gathered and still do the justice within your heart. There is no shame to be had in that Dern Hammerstone, and you can almost feel like a hand on the side of your face. And then a sadness. But such righteous choices are not without consequences. You know what it's like to break the law and receive no punishment. You know the powerlessness of standing wrongfully accused. Imagine those moments that you have had, stretched across a lifetime, and you have only some inkling of the balance of judgment and grace. Both of these you are deserving of, both grace and judgment, and I shall give you a balance of them, and that is this. That you should understand that while we get second chances in life, they rarely look the same as the first, because the world doesn't wait for us to write our course. So the path that I have for you now is not the path that I had for you before, but it does not mean that it is the wrong one for you, but it is one filled with hard lessons. It is a path meant to teach that how justice can be used not only as a weapon, but as a hammer to shape and build the structures of civilization. A hammer not merely of law forged to drive a spike into the earth at the end of a chain, but true justice that can break those chains forged by the laws of evil men. To follow this path, you will know what it is like to be crushed by the hammer of law and shaped like a sculpture by the same hammer under a more skillful hand. I will not lie. It is a path that will destroy and remake you, harden you, and grind you to dust. But it is the only path of this second chance that I can walk beside you on. If that is not what you wish of me, if the law... Is just some weapon in your hand? If I am just some trinket That you think you can trade for a musket When I don't bend to your will Then so be it But you must choose Is the law, is justice To be a hammer in your hand? Am I no more than some trinket? Or am I your god?
2: I. I don't know. <laughs> I. How do I? Uh... How do I know what's what's the right? How do I know what's right? How do I know? What?
1: A law that, it's, that is right is one that upholds the dignity of man. A law that is right is one that upholds freedom and steers away from the bondages that are the slavery of law.
2: Is that not what I'm doing? I'm protecting these people from the slavery of an, a service to undeath. I'm protecting these people. I don't
1: know how I'm deficient here. This fight that is coming is one that is in the name of order. And that is why there could be judgment for first fleeing it or grace for returning. This is not a question about the righteousness of the battle that will befall you all too soon. This is a question about the righteousness of your means and how you will battle, how you will use the law. If you will use it when it is convenient to serve your ends and ignore it when it is not, or if you will serve it when it is just and ignore it and do more, and fight against it when it is unjust? Is the law something you look for, for guidance of justice, or is it something you use as a weapon to fulfill your wrath? I will give you whichever you choose, but I will follow you only if you are willing to put down your hammer.
2: I'm not like you. I don't know what's right all the time. I try. I have always tried. I left when I thought it was right, when it was the right thing to do. As you said, because I noticed that what I was doing wasn't right. That was not my doubt of you. It was my doubt of myself. It was... There's a limitation to the law. I know that. There's a limitation to, to... There's a limitation to me, too. Apparently, when I choose, it's still not right, as I did with that man, but I don't have this clarity that you have. I have decisions that I have to make to protect and help those that are in my life. And I have a split second to make those choices. I try. I can't always take 20 minutes and pray. Sometimes the hammer has to swing. Sometimes the hammer and the shield have to defend. I know I dropped my shield, but I was doing it in an attempt to help someone else. Atalanta, I don't know what you want me to choose here. if I choose grace, then I forsake justice. if I choose justice, then I forsake grace i can't I can't do either one of those, not to be a a conqueror or a paladin or I was taught the law, and I've tried to uphold the law, not. Because I don't know why. It's just how I was taught. This is this is the majority of my life I am trying to decompress and deconstruct here. I made one wrong decision and I have tried to pay penance for it. I don't know what you want me to choose. I don't know what this harder path and harder lessons mean. I'm here. I'm mortal, and I'm trying. What do you want me to
1: choose? Darren. The decision you made was not the one wrong choice that you have made. It was the one right choice the one that was right in terms of justice, in knowing that even though there was a force to stop, one that was truly evil, that if you had to stay on the path to stop it and become evil yourself in that pursuit, that those means were not worth even the most righteous ends. I want you to recognize that the choice that took you off the path I had for you was not because you made the wrong choice, but because I had set you on the wrong path, because I treated you no more as a weapon in my hand, and how that is not how the true nature of the law should be treated. I thought you short-sighted. I thought you unable To see the smaller steps. But when you showed me you could, that was when you were put on a new path. Not one of blindly conquering, but one of discovery, one of learning the lessons of how you could make things right.
2: How do I make this right? I'm... I'm... I'm open. I'm receptive. I...
1: uh, I, I, (laughs) Darn, if I asked you to put down your hammer... Not because I demanded it, but because I asked of it. Because you can no more treat the power that you are given as a weapon... Than I can treat you as a weapon in my own hand. Are you willing to take that path? How do I defend without a weapon?
2: How do I face a threat if I have no deterrent? The deterrent is being on the right side. I've seen many just people die. I've seen good dwarves fight against evil under the mountain and had their brains. I almost had my brain removed by a thing of evil. I've seen good people Die because they were helpless. Not because they weren't on the right side, but because they had no defense against the evil.
1: Death is not a defeat in the eyes of justice. Persecution is. I don't call that you don't stand against it. I asked which is more important. To be powerful or to be just?
2: I don't understand how the two are... are, How they're separate. I need... I need to be able to protect people. And if I'm not powerful enough to do that, then... I can't. That's my... It's my life's purpose to protect people. It's my life's purpose to help and you can't help if you need help you can't protect if you're the one that needs protection if i if i know what you what you meant by being just being on the side of good I, i i could listen but i my lady how how is just being good going to protect those people's lives
1: Dern, people say that the gods speak in riddles. And it's not our intention, but all language is a metaphor. The only true lessons can be learned through your own life and your own experience. I cannot explain to you what it means to see injustice Or to be oppressed by it. I can only show you. And that is why it will be a path. Of pain. But to truly know. The importance. Of saving. Someone. Requires that you know. What weakness. And helplessness. And bondage feels like. I make no promises about the direction of that path. I have told you that it was one that I did not foresee for you, so there is obviously things that I cannot foresee. I only know that it is a path that can teach you the extremes of the law so that you can be the one to bring a balance to it. If fighting is only half of that balance, if you take the path that I ask for you, there will be a time where I will ask you to set down your hammer and lay it aside. If you want to go back to the first path, the one I called you to, of conquering in the name of justice, it is a path that you can pursue, but it is one that I cannot follow you backwards on. I will give you what you wish, and you serve in the way that you wish. I will give you my company, I will give you the lessons or I will give you your weapon. Can you foresee
2: if these people will live if I lay down my hammer? If I take your path. Will they die?
1: I can tell you only that you must be willing to lay your hammer aside when I ask it of you. I can tell you nothing of what the future will bring. That is not within my sphere of influence.
2: Atalanta, you keep talking about me, choices I've made, things that I've done. It's not about me anymore. I don't care what my path is, but until you can guarantee or help (laughs) It's not about me. It's about these people. I can only do my best and service to life.
1: I have done what I could. I have sent a hand in your stead to wield a hammer while you are gone. And now you're asking me to put it down at the, the
2: worst time. you sent me i'm here death is coming and now you want me to give up the only thing that's ever helped i'm not that good of a paladin but i can swing a
1: hammer you were only good for swinging a hammer, you never would have left. But if you believe the hammer is the only thing that has ever been there to help you, Dern, then maybe you are as short-sighted as I thought you were.
2: I'm going to protect these people the best way I know how. And I'm not... (laughs) I'm not convinced that you're going to help them. <laughs> I'm not convinced that if I if I follow you here, I can't watch my friends die like I watched all those other people in the mountain die. I can't do it again. I was too young to help then, but I'm not now. So Help me. Or... I have to help them.
1: Okay, Darren. But I'm going to need you to say it. My help comes in one of two ways. It is in guidance. Or it is as a weapon in your hand.
2: I am a weapon. Put the weapon in my hand.
1: Dern, you have seen the patience of law be in your favor, even if it began as injustice. Now I will show you the rashness of justice done in the heat of anger. I strip you of all power. If it is a weapon you want, then you shall have it. And in the middle of the circle where your hammer was, stands this new hulking, two-handed, golden gleaming hammer with scales inlaid into its, its head. And she says, It is law-bringer, the greatest of all hammers. May it forever be a burden in your hands until you turn away from the folly that befalls a man who uses the law to fulfill his will. Until then, call not my name again, Dern heart, And the voice fades, and the hammer falls to judgment.
2: Dern gets up, wipes his eyes, picks up the hammer, fine. I-
1: do it this way Thanks for listening to Date night I'm will if you want more Date night I wanted to let you know about our premium episodes that are available on Podbean or directly at datenightpodcast.com If you go to our site and click the behind the screens tab you can become a premium member and hear at least one extra episode every month. These episodes have alternate GMs, guest players, or the normal crew, but in situations outside the main campaign. It's only $2 a month or $20 for a yearly subscription, and it's a great way to support us and help us cover some of the costs of running the show. So again, click on the Behind the Screens tab over at DateNightPodcast.com to learn more. Or if you're a Podbean listener, you can subscribe directly from our Podbean feed in the mobile app or on the desktop site. Now, let's get back to the show. When we left off last in real life, time was two and a half months ago. Ugh. You were fleeing from a massive column of diseased, mindless creatures that shambled in the dregs of the mistresses of the um, the mistresses vanguard. Um, basically, these were the creatures that weren't fit enough to keep up with the rest. Which at least um, is maybe some <laughs> boon on your side that. Uh, Some of them have kind of been falling apart in their pursuit of you, uh, but they don't get tired. They just seem to go until their bodies crumble and then they fall over uh, into dust. Um, You had gone up there where there was a priest working some evil magic to attempt to turn stubborn creatures that resisted the initial attempts at corruption into these beasts. There, you found a falcon that Kipling Tree Strider had told you might have some answers about how to defeat the mistress because it seemed like it couldn't be corrupted uh, in the way the other creatures were. And in your smash and grab you discovered that that falcon wasn't actually a falcon, it was something transformed into one and it was uh, a woman. Uh, She was slight in build and unconscious. And as you ran back toward the south, pursued by a slow but untiring force of slivering husks of former creatures of the jungle, you made it finally to the grove. Um, But the grove is sealed off by the dome that's over the top of it that hides it, and only Kira was able to get inside. So you have your backs against the wall, so to speak, as the enemy had surrounded you, Um, and uh, Kira went in to try, and she was screaming to try and get you entrance there.
3: I'm carrying the falcon, right?
1: Um, Yes. Um, First, I did the uh, corruption spell wrong. Grease wizard, I looked back at it, it's not one I've used before. And when you were blinded, you actually have three saves. It's kind of like death saves. If you make three saves, then you the long-term effects don't take. And if you don't, or the effects don't take, if you don't make the saves, then the effect takes place long-term. So I need you to make constitution saving throws. The DC is 14 if you pass... Three of them, you're not blinded. If you fail three of them first, you're still blinded.
4: Like forever? this is this is this is a
1: lot. It is. <laughs> so I get I have to roll three times. Six. Well up to five times. Right. Nine? Wait, plus your constitution oh. saving throw. Uh which probably isn't gonna beat a fourteen. It's a twelve. Okay, so that's one fail. Crit fail. It's two fails. Still blinded. <laughs> you get to keep going It's until you get 3. Well if you fail switching then dice. Crit no. fails <laughs> two, it's right? not the same in that way as death. It's oh, just 3 okay. fails, 3 successes.
4: All right, that's a 16.
1: That passes.
4: It's a 9.
1: No, nope, you are still blind, so that effect was correct. Okay. Um all but spent, I'll say on.
3: people be your eyes?
1: Uh you'd probably lay down the the figure on your back. Uh to try and make your stand here, I would guess, Uh, maybe near the dome. Um, When you do, you can see that it's an elf woman, and when her hair finally gets thrown back over her shoulders and she sprawls out onto the earth. Um, Arryn and Zev, you have yourselves kind of between the semicircle of blighted creatures that surround uh, the falcon, and, and you and maybe Grease Wizard would probably try to be behind you a little bit, I would guess. (laughs) between you you, while Kira has been inside for the first few minutes. You've been able to hold off the probing forces of this group, um, but you're definitely ragged, and you don't know (laughs) how much longer uh, you can hold out or how long it will take Kira to gain you entry to the grove. Uh, The blighted creatures, which are Again, these creatures that are like oozing pus and ichor from these sores. Many are missing limbs. Part of them are ground off from this long pursuit where they've slid along the road to try and catch you. Um, And they seem to be unable to pierce through. But their noxious gases have been forming clouds all around you and toward the middle. Things have been massing into one giant undulating form which begins crawling toward you now. Undeterred by a cursory firebolt thrown by the blind grease wizard in its direction. What do you do? Hunger of Hadar. Okay. All right. On the giant writhing undulating. I will combat undulating mass with my own. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's start this thing with undulation versus undulation, I suppose.
3: Episode Uh, title.
1: (laughs) And let me get up my stuff written down here.
2: What do I have to do for that? 20-foot radius sphere of blackness and bitter cold. Uh, I'm going to center it on the horrible okay. undulation.
1: You know two wrongs don't make it right. Right.
2: us <laughs> uh, see. Any creature that starts its turn takes 2d6 cold. Any creature that ends its turn must do a dex save or take 2d6 acid, and it is considered difficult terrain.
1: Okay. Creatures fully within the area are blinded. Okay, so currently this creature is blinded. It's inside. You can't really see it anymore because it's in that sphere of darkness. Right. Uh, But that's where we are right now. Is anybody else uh, doing anything at the moment?
3: Um, Can I check on the Falcon?
1: Okay. Uh, You go over and do a medicine check.
3: Okay. Let me find my d20. Uh, Medicine. I've literally never used a skill before. 15.
1: Okay. You look her over, and it looks like she's actually stable. And as you are um, kind of putting some smelling salts nearby, she actually wakes up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I pull smelling salts out of my, <laughs> my pocket. <laughs> Where have
1: you put um, those? Prob- we'll say you have a medicine kit. They're cheap. Uh-huh. Um, when she comes to, you could see that she looks, uh, she's slighter and fairer, but she looks quite a bit like Kira.
4: Woo! Um,
1: and uh, that's probably going to be your action for that turn. Is there anything else you want to do?
3: Um... Uh no, it's okay. been a long time since I've played d and d need a minute.
1: It's gonna be uh jumping right in all right uh grease wizard, what would you like to do? So how far away is the uh mass so like pretty much everything in this semicircle has been kept around forty feet away from you Oh, so real close um but it's been everything you guys could do to keep it like that. It's been it trying to inch closer, but each weak creature that comes out, you've kind of been dispatching. This is the first seemingly different sort of threat,
4: yeah, I don't know y'all i don't
1: I don't have i'm I'm pretty much down I'm tapped now, too yeah. what time of day is it uh it's getting late, it's into the evening I'm gonna
4: start my ritual for Clippy <laughs>
1: <laughs> this may be a worse decision than I cast fireball, <laughs> okay um, this is your last day for Clippy yeah. All right, well, describe what happens then as you perform your last uh cutting of yourself or tears or whatever you're putting into clippy what what happens yeah, so um
4: right now, I'm going to put in some I'm looking at seeing what I've done recently yeah. uh, I'm sad, I'm yep. very hurt, I'm crying okay, and as one tear drips off my face into my necklace that I've been carrying. It starts glowing golden. I rise 60 feet into the air. The winds are howling with this horror around me. My eyes turn gold. My necklace comes off my neck and opens up by itself. (laughs) The sound is... Awful. Rivals that of the hunger of Hadar. I... You start seeing a a spiraling shape start taking it start molding itself two vulgar eyes appear
3: on the curling been.
4: on the on the on the curling spiral of its meaty body its metallic meaty <laughs> body metallic meat the other way it, 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 it's got this this long Flat surface that it, it sits upon, and pop! <laughs> okay.
1: We both drop slowly to the ground. And Clippy is born. Clippy, the sanguine homunculus, is that mm-hmm. accurate based on the amount of blood you've given it? Mm hmm. Okay. Um, what is Clippy's begins. first. <laughs> What is Clippy's first point of business in this world? Consume its owner. I mean, Clippy (laughs) has been here, but Clippy, as it matures into an adolescent form with the ability to act and move, and uh, what's its ability as a sanguine? Flying. And the ability to fly and flit around you. Uh, What's his first order of business?
4: Hi, I see you're in trouble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Would
4: you like some help with that? (laughs) Okay. i uh, So Clippy, I, I, I want Clippy to kind of help me telepathically, because we have that telepathic connection, and just kind of looking with his gross vulgar eyes to kind of give me an idea <laughs> of what's Same going vulgar. on.
1: Okay, <laughs> he, he gives you kind of a uh, telepathic view of the area, um, basically setting up a link as if he's like a familiar for you. So you right now are seeing through Clippy's eyes Instead of through your own, all right, which so, don't work. <laughs> you created does, him,
3: aren't
0: you? Going to him to the world?
1: Have dark vision, so the it's a little bit dark right now in, mm-hmm. as it's into the evening. So this that's is what weird. it looks like at night for a creature that doesn't have dark vision, which would be the first time you would probably experience it. Wow,
4: my son.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, and I'd say that's probably your action for now. So it comes back around to uh. Navara. Mm. Uh, who has woken up and she drinks down a potion um, Kira do you want to go ahead and roll for her healing on that it's 4d4 plus 4 do you want some d4s or
0: I think I have at least 2 Kay. so I had the flu last week which turned into instant laryngitis and this N- is what I'm <laughs> up to No, at you've this
2: point. been screaming for Kip to let the barrier let down <laughs> that's what this is mm-hmm. you're just a really great role player
0: Yeah, 3 and 3 Three and two. Three,
1: six, nine, nine eleven. So, fifteen, plus she had one health from being stable. So, Navara has sixteen health. Here you go. You get to be your mom. I, I have a quick question.
4: Mm-hmm. Should I write um, Clippy on a character sheet, or how would you see that? Yeah, I,
1: we do you, can... Do you have a character, sh- a blank one? I may. Yeah, that's the best way to record the homunculus stats.
3: Did so you mark down what bowl and gem and whatever his abilities
1: you use? Kira? Because she has quite a few. She's an arcane archer, um, and see what you would like to do on your first turn.
0: Okay, so she's up to sixteen health points out of sixty-six. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Spell sheet. one. Might be my last one. I gotta print some more. Yeah, that's a regular one. Thank you. Yeah, you got to add up all his ability scores, right? Yeah. It's finally happening. All right. Is there anything you think Navarra would do on her first turn before this creature gets a chance to mm-hmm. act? And it's a big stat block.
0: It's an entire sheet of a stat block. Does she have any weapons?
1: Yeah, she has her bow, so and she her was- rapier.
0: They were one of the suck-into-her-body type things? Okay. Mm -hmm. is this tentacular thing in front of me?
1: Uh, It's about 40 foot somewhere in a cube of dark... or a sphere of darkness. You can always hold, also, if you can't see it. Um, Remember, you can hold your action. You can't hold your bonus or anything, but... Um, you can hold an action for when it appears to shoot it, or she has an ability to cure wounds. She can do that. Um, and she also has the ability to shape shift back into an animal of some kind.
0: I think she would probably do grasping arrow, but hold until she more figures out what's going on since she just woke up.
1: Okay. So she's going to notch an arrow, kind of stand unsteadily, and. Aim toward that sphere of darkness, or wait for any other creature to start advancing. Yes. Okay. Um. So it it will. So what does this uh, sphere do now? It's uh, difficult terrain. Okay. At the start of its turn takes two d six cold. Okay. We'll roll that.
2: Three and three six. Okay. And then at the end of its turn, if it's still in the sphere, it takes two d six acid. It's a twenty foot. Sphere safe twenty foot radius. Correct. Such directly on the thing.
1: So okay, and it can only move at half speed. All right, you do not see it appear for the moment, um, so it will take acid damage. Eight. Okay, uh, Zev, it's your turn.
2: Is there any other creature threatening to push into melee range?
1: Things have actually thinned out a little because everything kind of moved toward that central mass and created this thing. So there are There's other, no other creatures.
2: creatures caught in the in Hedar?
1: There were a few that were moving toward the thing, okay. which probably would be enough to just, based on the damage you've been doing to these things, kind of in the narrative one hit on most of them with a cantrip or whatever has been enough to kill them. So, any of those small ones that were around it probably got dissolved uh, in the acid. But um, there still are creatures in a different part of the arc and like behind the sphere that are moving, but they're kind of been holding off because they've been seeing as soon as they get close, they've been getting obliterated. So,
2: my next question, because it's applicable to how I do my turn, do these things count as humanoid?
1: Mm, no, most humanoid? of these have okay. been. At one time, beasts, but right now would probably be in the monstrosity or uh, that sort of category.
2: In that case, uh, I would want to pick two at random and do an Eldritch Blast at each one of them. Okay. Uh, Let's see. One is a
1: 19. The other one is 13, 16. Okay. So you're just kind of on both sides where the creatures are getting the closest throw two blasts and it's enough to stop kind of the advance and uh, make them think a little bit better of uh, continuing to move forward so if anything you guys probably have about 50 feet worth of breathing room in all areas except for whatever's inside that sphere now do i need to roll damage on those no no like i said the cantrips for these individual creatures were just enough to take them out uh okay Arun, it would be your turn you're uh, kind of behind Zev now, near the or near Navara. I don't have to call her the Falcon anymore.
3: Um I wanna use my um Titan's Refuge okay. Wing of Protection thing to cast Sanctuary on the Grease Wizard.
1: Okay. So now any creature who tries to attack the Grease Wizard will have to roll a wisdom save. Yeah, I to have to it.
3: I have to roll to be able to cast a spell though. I passed.
1: Oh, you Do we all still
2: get the plus one okay. to AC?
1: Yeah, is everybody like? under your
3: wings? Yeah, every. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, all three of you, since Kira isn't here right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, get plus one to AC. Not Cliffy. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's okay. They'll just bounce back. And yeah, so this. Sorry, I, I'm not a spell person. So this says, uh, Wisdom is your spellcasting ability for this spell, and I rolled a 17. It has a DC 12, so.
1: No, the DC 12 is. Uh, what uh, they have to roll to, on their wisdom save, if, if they want to attack the Grease Wizard. Oh, okay. So you can automatically cast it.
3: Oh, okay. Well, I still rolled good, so okay. let's all celebrate that.
1: <laughs> good. Yay! So you feel this, that kind of wing that's around you, the spectral giant wings that come out from and kind of wrap around you and put a, a better barrier between you and the darkness in front of you.
4: So does that... So what does that do? It lets the other people, like if they attack me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you don't have
3: to write anything down, but anyone who attacks you will have to succeed a wisdom check. Nice. It is
1: in this sort of (laughs) flexible uh, initiative, either Navarro or the Grease Wizard can go, but it's up to you guys what you want to do. Go ahead.
3: Oh, wait. I also want to look at Navarro and be like, wait, you're not evil? <laughs> and she'll just look offended, I guess.
1: Yeah, but she, well, she doesn't know. Because <laughs> she just has a stat block.
3: How are you? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. You Go ahead, you attack. Uh, I'm still getting my bearings. Oh, well, <laughs> hi, I've been a falcon for. I just made a creature, so. How long?
0: So you're He's on paternity like leave. I'm on paternity leave, yes. <laughs> do I really? Yes. I don't think today I do. <laughs> Wait, who's Kira? Wait, uh, hold on. That makes my heart. Wait, hurts. hold on. Okay, she would know who Kira is, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. I've been awful Kira? <laughs> uh
4: I. Alright, bloody hell. I'll hit it with a firebolt.
1: Okay, you'll just roll at disadvantage because it's in the darkness.
0: And you're
1: blind. Yeah, you're blind, but you're looking through Clippy. So. Yeah, but I've got
0: Clippy's eyes. If
1: Clippy is sitting like on your shoulder, it shouldn't be too much different, I guess. Just, he's a wet
0: mess. Just stick him to your or, face. Yeah, he's Ew. in front
1: of you because you can't see him. Yeah. 19 definitely hits. All
4: right, and that's... <laughs> no. It's
1: just this wet, <laughs> sticky thing it's caught
2: in his head. It's like getting
1: gum in your hair. He's a helmet with a visor right now. And the jack has extra hair. At the 10. <laughs> All right. Ten so fire damage. got these big googly eyes. Into the darkness. with where his eyes should be. This uh, quick bolt of fire just disappears into the... That absorbs the sounds, too? The, the du- the, no, you the can down. hear nasty
0: slurping noises. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> if you're in it, I don't know. So uh, you watch it disappear into the darkness. The slurping noises can be heard up to 30 feet away. <laughs> and sizzle. That's
0: so Thanks, boring. D&D. Uh,
1: it sounds like it hits and impacts and doesn't fly out the back end of the sphere anyway. All right. Okay.
0: So now Naivara is going to cast Grasping Arrow and shoot it.
1: Okay, it will still be at disadvantage because it's in the darkness.
0: Let's not use the one that took so many.
1: Not good. I rolled a
0: two and a three.
1: Yeah, that's not so good. Oh. Wait, what are her bonuses? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not enough.
0: I don't even see where her plus whatever is for the...
1: I can show you on stat blocks. Just kind of handed it to you.
0: Yes, I'm a character. I don't know how to read stat blocks. Plus to
1: hit right there. Okay. And the damage is there. Okay, so that arrow does fly out the backside of the Sphere of Darkness without seemingly uh, impacting anything. Okay, it's the sure creature's there? turn, so it needs to, at the start of its turn, take some cold damage, right? 2d6, 5. Okay. And it does finally shamble outside of this... Uh, sphere of darkness and it moves forward about uh, with the movement it has left it closes about half the distance between uh, the party and itself um, with its full dash action so it's about 20 feet away from everybody now at least Zev who's in the front everybody else is about I'd say 10 feet behind Zev. Alright and it's your turn Zavask Okay I'm going to It's 20 feet away? Yep. How far is it from the uh, sphere again? It's only come out about 20 feet from the sphere. That's that's too far for me. All right. Uh, Just two
2: Eldritch Blasts then. Okay. Uh, 13?
1: Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Both missed then. Okay into the dust around Mm -hmm. the sphere here and the dust just shoots up into the air from the force of the blast. And then Um, as a a bonus action, I'd like the hex blades curse it. Okay. Uh, What do you want to give it disadvantage on? No, that's hex. Hex hex blades curse. doesn't operate blades way. Gotcha. Okay. Um, And you just hear it kind of gurgle and crunch, like (laughs) a mixture of sticks and animal parts inside of it. Um, It's sort of a muffled growl, um, but it... Again, doesn't seem too phased by those two clouds of dirt flying up in the air. Aaron, it's your turn.
0: Um,
3: when I have two trappings of the Huntress items attuned, I have keen hearing and smell, which gives me an advantage on perception checks for those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that really matters right now but i'm pretty sure right now it's more of a curse than a blessing (laughs) than a boon for the crunching and slurping and rotting yeah your
1: spider senses are uh, something that uh, you may wish to turn off at this particular yeah that's rough
3: um i just noticed that and i want to remember it for when it does help me but um hmm. i don't know i mean i have javelins but my axe is kind of my good attack
1: you're about 40 feet from it, so you could get there, I think. Don't you have 40 feet of movement? Yeah,
3: why not? It's up to you. Let's you see what happens. Oh, okay. I have 40. Yeah, my speed is 40, so. Yeah. maybe just last words.
1: You can definitely <laughs> make it there if you want <laughs> Let's wanted. see what happens. The thing's big. I mean, it's R-N like rushes 10 in. feet around, um, and it's just nasty um, mound of flesh and sticks.
3: Okay, I will sticks. run up and... H- swing my axe at the fleshy mound of flesh and sticks. <laughs> <laughs> great,
1: <laughs> please do so. Um,
3: not great. I don't remember what advantages I get with this thing. Um, fifteen.
1: Fifteen does hit.
3: Uh,
1: Just barely.
3: Sorry, all my are This is a d twelve. I'm pretty sure. Twelve. Nice.
1: Ooh, plus your plus
3: my uh, strength modifier is sixteen plus one is seventeen. Wow.
1: So now this is a slightly smaller mound of flesh (laughs) and sticks as Arn with her axe. (laughs) Throws things up into the air and they start raining down around you. Um, You still have a second attack and a bonus action.
3: Okay. I will hit it with my axe again. Okay. Because you can't run out of axes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Except for arrows.
1: Those are not axes.
0: Not axes. Uh, I'm giving Mike a dirty look here. 19.
1: 19 does hit also.
3: And that's for less damage this time. Uh, Eleven.
1: Still very good. All right. So this thing kind of shrinks up a little bit as you slash into it those two times with your axe. Um, and it kind of reforms into a bit of a smaller mass. Um, but still looks like it's headed kind of in your direction. Uh, is there anything you want to do with the bonus action? You're out of movement.
3: Um, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Uh, Grease Wizard, you've been acting after her. And you had a question. First. Yeah. So
4: the homunculus it says on the homunculus table has mm-hmm. dark vision of up to sixty feet.
1: Oh, okay. Well it's been a year since I've made the hum- or, uh yeah. nine months since I made the homunculus book.
0: Aw, nine months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I've been pregnant with homunculus. Okay. <laughs> uh so you do have dark vision.
4: Cool. Mike's gonna quit. Um Yeah. I'll use my last spell. Okay. Slot. And cast Grease. Okay. Okay. On the... On the the, thing. Yeah, on the thing.
1: I have to make a dexterity save? Is that accurate? Yeah, I remember. You should. You're the Grease Wizard. I know. (laughs) Dex save. It's not good. It's not passing, if that's what it has to do. Okay. Well, it falls prone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It just spreads out, and right now, it is a flat, maybe... 15 foot long? Well, 15 foot... uh, uh, (laughs) Puddle? Circle. Uh, Yeah, like a puddle. Uh, Aaron, will you make a dexterity saving (laughs) (laughs) throw, (laughs) please?
3: Oof. It's a three.
1: (laughs) Okay, so uh, you also fall prone, not from the grease, but from all of the icker and things inside of this as it spreads out. So now you're surrounded by the... And you start to feel a sizzling... Uh, sensation. It's in well. my
0: hair! <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it is Nyvara's turn. Shadow arrow. Okay, technically you'll have disadvantage now because it's a ranged attack against a prone but
0: puddle. It's a giant puddle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a 15 foot puddle. <laughs> yeah.
0: how, how much disadvantage can I have on a 15 foot puddle?
4: D- don't take it up with me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you're gone.
1: Get to Gary Gygax. It's prone.
0: Well, that's a better but still simultaneous roll. Uh, 13?
1: Nope. I mean, it goes in where the puddle is, but it doesn't seem to impact any of the meaty sections. So, yeah, the arrow just kind of sticks like into the puddle. Assist. <laughs> <laughs> the arrow goes by, she grabs it. And, huh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> make a dexterity saving throw.
0: <laughs> it's coming. I'm going to shove this meaty stick into the way. Uh Nine?
1: No, <laughs> you take like a little stick and try to throw it where the arrow is <laughs> going to land. But it, it's like when you're playing tennis and throw your racket up in the air. It doesn't usually work out. No, it
0: was in Hornusen <laughs> that we watched.
1: Yeah, or, or Hornusen. All right, so this mound uh, is going to use all its movement to gather itself back together. Um,
4: Gosh, and, and it's it's I supposed to, be badass to and she's an doing attack
1: nothing. against Auron, I guess. Um, And then if it stays here, it's going to have to make a save at the end of its turn again or fall back down, is that right?
3: Uh, Yeah. In a comical, cartoonish way. Uh,
1: All right, since you're prone, that's a nat 20 on the advantage roll. Oh, boy. So uh, it just kind of comes back together and almost makes... Almost like when you were fighting the ooze, this thing sort of gives you the impression of a little bit of the shambling mound you fought on your way to Labyrinth mixed with a bit of the oozes that you encountered in the Underdark and kind of the way that it moves and attacks. And it creates this wicked pseudopod of sticks and meat and uh, slams iron on the ground with it for 15 points of bludgeoning Ooh. damage and. Oh no. Four points of acid damage. Um, oh. I need you. Were you raging? No.
3: How many points of acid damage? Four. I wasn't raging, no.
1: And it engulfs you in a similar way to, I don't remember who was engulfed by the Shambling Mound last time, Um, but this thing sucks you inside of it, and right now you're blinded, restrained, and grappled, and you can't currently breathe.
3: Oh, okay.
1: All right. Uh, Grease Wizard, you watch as this, oh, wait, I got to.
3: Guys, I have something called Danger Sense that I've never used.
1: That gives you advantage on dexterity saves. At the end of its turn, the grease slides it back out, and Aaron, you're standing now in the middle of the puddle. It has not engulfed you because it's fallen back apart into a puddle.
0: Oh,
3: no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's (laughs) Sam's turn. (coughs) Ards in the puddle. She's covered in this stuff. Does
3: anybody have a mint?
1: (laughs) Move up to the...
2: (laughs) That's how I saw this going. I'd like to to move up to it and uh, take a couple of swipes at it with my sword. You will be at advantage
1: for that because it's prone. Okay. Because you're not at range. Uh, 12, 16,
2: 19. 19 hits. Okay. For 2d6 plus my proficiency. So four, seven. So 11 damage. Got it. And then second swing. (laughs) It's going to be 16 plus all the different things. Two sixes. Uh, So
1: that's 12, 15, 15 plus four is 19. Holy cow. All right. So with this, you kind of cleave this thing in half and just break up the parts of it that are uh, on the one side so it's shrunk again to kind of half its size yet again. Um it's still undulating on the ground and you've seen these pieces almost zombie like when they try to keep crawling after they've been knocked into bits. Still moving around as if they're trying to reform. Um Arn, it's your turn.
3: Um I guess I'll just swing it the pieces. Swing
1: at the bits? Okay you'll be at advantage because technically <laughs> <at> it's <laughs> <laughs> So there are just faces of these creatures inside of it, and all kinds of junk. I hate that. Yeah, there's lots of faces. Did you advantage. Yes.
3: Good. Oh come on! <laughs> I rolled a five and a four. That's, uh, but I'm using plus my plus ninety-seven,
1: though.
3: Yeah, I rolled my axe, so it's plus ninety-seven. So <laughs> that is a thirteen.
1: Nope, you needed ninety-seven to hit. Nope, that does not hit. You get another attack though, so. Oh okay. Still at advantage.
3: Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. It, it's
1: that stuff in your hair. It's just throwing off your game. Uh,
3: Throw it off your 16. Battles. That does it. Okay. And that is 15 points of damage. Whoa. Also, I'm down to five points of health.
1: Okay. Uh, that's another couple of, like, a face that you cleave through of, uh, looks like maybe it was a tiger at some point, and you oh, just yeah. smash through that thing's head. Okay. Uh, do you want to take a bonus action or move?
3: Yeah, I'll use my bonus action to raise. Yes.
1: All right. Um, you staying where you are? Yeah. Okay. Grease wizard, it's your turn.
4: Um. So I had a question. Okay. I've got mold earth as a cantrip. Yeah. Which makes rough terrain normal or vice versa. Since it since the terrain we're in is normal, can I make it rough? Uh-huh. And ha- make it have disadvantage on its sorry, grease standing sure. up? Sure. It's only five feet, so I'll do it right in the
1: middle. Well, so I'll this pull thing five now feet out. That Arn's hit it is not much bigger. I mean, the puddle's maybe 10 feet around, so yeah. Oh, perfect. So, boop. Yeah. Rough terrain. Right in the middle. Okay. That will give it disadvantage on its attempts to get out of your grease. Uh, I guess the grease would still be slippery in the rougher terrain. Uh, do you want to go oh, outside yeah. and test? Okay. Uh, anything else? moving or? or?
4: Um, I have Clippy look around real quick. Just spin in a circle to mm-hmm. see if he sees Kira. Uh,
1: no, he, he wouldn't be able to see through the dome.
4: Mm. Okay. okay. I didn't know if she had popped out yet.
1: Nope. Uh, yeah, Neva- she's just watching. Nevara?
0: The thing is still flat on the ground? Yes. She's going to hold her, her turn.
1: turn. Again. In, in...
0: Until it stands up.
1: Okay.
0: And then I'm going to shoot. Um, shadow arrow. Pew. All right.
1: it's about pew, to pew. attempt to try and get back together. So, as it does that, do you want to do that as it starts to congeal? Sure. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
0: one. Uh,
1: no. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's a one. Uh, Navara has been in a rough place for a long time, so she's she's been feeling kind of feeble. Yeah. Kira, your mother is useless. Ooh, one is a nat 20 and one is a 15 on its dexterity save. It needs a 16. Yes. Yep, like 16 minus one. Did not do that. So it's back into a puddle. Um, it's going to try to attack <laughs> as a puddle, which it's going to have disadvantage on as its faces and twigs and tree limbs and claws all just try to start crawling up. I'll roll randomly for Xevoror I think oh, it's 2 I'm just going to do one at each. Uh, Aron, that's a 15. Versus AC? Yeah. No. Wait, do you get the plus one no, of Sanctuary? No, I don't get the
3: plus one of Sanctuary. Oh.
1: Mm. So that hits?
3: Yeah, if I had plus one, it wouldn't, yeah. but it, I don't have plus one, so it does.
1: And the second was an 11.
3: Miss. Unless. 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 No, I don't have anything that would do uh, anything. I think gainage. you're gonna
1: go out. Uh, that's 13 bludgeoning damage. To that me, gets reduced halved to six.
3: Okay. Well, I have five points of health, so.
1: And there was acid damage, so. Uh, yeah, you're unconscious. Aaron Wait, falls don't have,
4: down. Uh, don't you have
3: something like when you hit zero or?
1: Yeah, you're you're a half orc. You go you go down and pop right back up to one.
3: Yeah, I do have that, but I don't know where I wrote it down.
1: Okay, if you're if that's a half orc thing, then you have it feel like I remember
3: that. No, I do have it. I don't know if it's a half-work thing or a, yeah. um, I yeah.
1: have it, too. It's a half-work thing. Path of Fury.
3: Ah, okay.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Um, you do fall unconscious, so you lose your rage, and you lose the sanctuary spell oh on the Grease Wizard. Um, but you do pop back up with one hit point. And it okay. makes its second attack of these things crawling around.
3: No, don't hit me again.
1: Zev, and it missed. So you are prone, though, among the stuff, because you fell unconscious.
0: Okay. Worst um, nightmare ever.
1: And it's Zev's turn. Zev's going to take two more swings at it. Okey-doke. And it's prone, so I still get advantage, right? It still counts as prone.
2: That was a four and a three. Uh, I don't think that bonuses are going to bring that it up. It's a 15 enough. you got to hit. So. Four plus four is uh. eight. Eight plus three is no. Okay. Uh, 12 hits 12 plus bonuses Yes hit. That hits All right. Guys
3: I'm not good at D&D is You really?
1: chopped the heck out of the thing Yeah <laughs> 4, 8 uh, I 11 always forget damage. anything
3: that can help me though How
1: much? 11 Alright this thing now is really just Parts on the ground But they still are moving uh, It looks like they're not trying to come back together But it looks like they are trying to crawl uh, Over Arin and up your legs and stuff So there's just pieces of it um, and that was your second attack, right? So Correct. Okay, Arn, it's your turn. You've got
4: uh, what like looks like up. a monkey's
1: <laughs> paw just kind of crawled question. up your arm like a tarantula.
2: I'm sorry, uh, DM, question. Would that consider the blob itself dead? Or do we have uh, to destroy all
1: the individual parts? Not, it's almost dead. Okay.
3: I would like to use my movement to stand up, okay. and I would like to rage. And I would like to grab the monkey's paw and use it to slap whatever the other creature nearest to me is.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Make an improvised weapon attack, right?
3: I have advantage on those or something like that.
1: I think you have proficiency in them just so you add your normal bonus.
3: That's an 18 plus my proficiency bonus? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, or hits, plus my strength bonus?
1: Uh, strength and proficiency.
3: Okay,
1: that's a 25. <laughs> that way <laughs> that just really that slaps the heck out so of it. So you take the monkey's paw and you throw it at, like, there's a, some, a monkey's tail slithering around like a snake, and you smash yeah. into it. Roll a d4 plus your strength modifier. Big fat
3: one plus four, <laughs> okay. so
1: five. Yeah, it knocks that tail portion of it out. Uh, you get a second attack. <laughs>
3: Uh, oh, can I use my Potion of Greater Healing? Uh,
1: that Instead of raging, you can. Because it's a bonus oh, action to okay. drink it. So it's up I'll to you. rage
3: next time. Okay. I'll do my potion instead.
1: Fair enough. That will be your bonus. Uh, greater is, f- I think, 44, 44
3: plus... 4. Yeah. So that's 3, 7, uh, 9, uh, 12 plus 4. Okay.
1: And you still do get a second attack if you
3: want. Okay, I'll use my axe for the second attack, okay. like a normal person.
1: There's not much laying around left. Nat twenty. All right. But What
3: there is left It's
1: about to be putting. <laughs> I think. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: do you want to roll your damage, or do you want to just kill it because it's about to die? <laughs>
3: I'll just kill it because it's about to die. Because okay. knowing me, I'd roll one.
1: You would still probably kill it with that many dice that you get to roll. Um, all right. You can describe what you do to what's left of this mess if you'd like. Level plus. You
3: know a blender. <laughs> mm Hmm. It's kind of like that.
1: (laughs) Orin is mad. (laughs) She's not raging yet, but she's still (laughs) enraged. All right. So you just chop up this into fine little bits as you're just screaming about the mess it's made in your hair and on your clothes and across your face while you were unconscious, uh, which was not pleasant. But it looks like for the moment uh, the threat is contracting back a little bit, but you don't know if maybe things are going to try to uh, reassemble. Are there any other actions you want to do, anyone, while you have a breather here?
2: Now it does count as dead. Now it does count as dead. Yes, I got my hit points. Yeah. Um,
4: I'm. I don't trust keep to have.
2: Picking two undead things at random and okay. throwing out
1: Eldritch blasts. Okay. Just don't have to roll for that. Okay. That's just what's happening. While we're going to flash over to Kira in a little bit and see how long she takes to. He's, uh, he's kind of just doing target practice. No at pressure. This point. Every six seconds, just boom, yeah. boom, boom. No boom. pressure to talk. Is there anything else you want to do while you have a breather in case we have to come back to you guys? Uh, I pull out a rat. Okay. From my hat. Good. Just kind of hold it.
0: The, okay,
3: the I'm, one rule of the Hat of Vermin is as soon as you pull an animal out of it, the first thing it does is try to get as far away from you as possible. Acrobatics. That's how it works. It's not your friend rat. It's not your pet rat. I'm trying
1: to show Clippy. All right, acrobatics against my rat's acrobatics, which I think is like a plus two. It's Eight. Eight. A- no, I got 12 plus whatever, so Aww. the rat gets
3: away.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the first thing it does, Sam. And
1: as it gets near the blighted creatures, it turns into a blighted rat. <laughs> uh, it turns
0: around and tries to attack you. Good job.
1: Doesn't it? Doesn't it it, it, it vanishes damage? as soon as yeah, it, it hits zero, zero, hit hit zero hit points. It zero hit points. It'll vanish.
4: Well, that was a rat, Clippy. Did you see it? It <laughs> was
1: a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> Kira's inside the dome.
0: Kira! Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not let them in! <laughs> We so, have the Falcon. I have no voice now because I'm yelling at you constantly for the past 30 minutes. Let them in.
1: Um, so this is a big place, but you're heading back toward where you saw Kip last time in the running. clearing.
0: Kip,
1: I'm sorry, DM, in. I have one more question. Trust no. me, it's that
2: Approximately how old is Navara?
1: Is oh. she about 1,000 like years old? Like
0: 600 uh, at least. At, least. at least
1: 400. Timeline I have. Yes, he uh, spent time making how, this timeline. How exact does that have to be?
2: Well, if she's at least a 1,000 years old, I can refer to her as the Millennium Falcon
1: from now on. She's not a 1,000. <laughs> okay, never mind. The not-quite-Millennium <laughs> Falcon.
4: That was
0: very um, That was important. Thank, Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks for stopping the narrative for a pun you can't use. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah, you do eventually make it to the clearing inside, and you see...
0: And I've been yelling, "Cap" the whole time.
1: Um, you actually see Hannah there first.
0: Where's Kip? Um,
1: uh, he's he's here. Um, actually, when you see her, she looks very different. Uh, she is wearing some fancy white silk-like gown with dagged sleeves. And she's kind of sitting with this short-legged munchkin cat. Um, having something that looks akin to a tea party. With another place uh, set there. Um, but nobody's sitting at it. Uh, Kip comes back. Into the area when he hears you shouting uh, in his form of Kipling, uh, the elf, not as the halfling Kip. And uh, looks like he's getting ready to sit back down, lounging uh, on the ground. uh,
3: uh, Lounging? Kind of
1: uh, at the other uh, place that's set at this little tea party that they're having here in the trees.
0: (laughs) I'm really hoping my voice can (laughs) hold this. Kip, you need to let us all in. Now we have the falcon. We are here. Let us all in.
1: Do you have the falcon?
0: Yes, it's actually a person. Let everybody in.
1: It's a person. Okay. And he snaps his fingers. We hope you've enjoyed our date night together. Remember, you can
2: really help us out by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again in one week.